Welcome to A to Z Sports powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Binga. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings all year long uh, at 8 a.m. Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show on our Twitter timeline segment by segment. Also, hit us up on Instagram and TikTok for more of our Titans coverage. We do have to thank our sponsors uh, because they make it happen for all of us and they help out you guys uh, with Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans. That means better coverage rates and service. Learn more about a health plan for you fbhp.com slash atoz and hughes and coleman injury lawyers the official injury lawyers of the tennessee titans if you've been injured in a car wreck call hughes and coleman for a free case consultation at 800-800-4600 so zach the titans uh officially did end their season saturday night in duval county as the jags on a scoop and score fumble uh from josh dobbs win that game 20 to 16 I will say this before we dive into it. The Titans have locker room clean-out day, and so Sam Phelan and other Titans media will be in the Titans locker room later on this morning. That begins at 10.20. And then head coach Mike Vrabel addresses the media for the final time of this season at 11.30. So stay tuned to all of our social media, our website, A-to-Zsports.com, for all of that coverage. Uh, but Zach, we're going to go feel the feels of that post-game locker room as the Titans season ended with the seventh consecutive loss and take it to a very emotional big Jeff Simmons in the locker room in Jacksonville. Amen. These guys in the locker room, man, I love them. No matter what, I wanted to be on that field. I don't know what, I mean, I figured out this whole season what I could do, get better, but like I said, these guys meant so much to me, man. I just wanted to be on the field, hurting. I didn't care, so I'm a fighter, man. I'm a warrior. Like, I'm gonna give it all to my guys because that's how much I love the game and this locker room, man, so. I appreciate these boys so much, man. We're gonna f- we'll find a way next year to be better as a team, and we're going to figure it out. So there's Big Jeff, one of the best players this franchise has right now, who is now entering a contract year in 2023. And Jeffrey Simmons also said post-game in the locker room that he has been shooting up his ankle since week eight. So if you remember, shooting up his ankle to play in games since he injured it on Sunday night football in Kansas city against the chiefs. And Jeffrey Simmons did miss uh, the game, uh, you know, last week against the Cowboys to get ready for Saturday night's game. And, and there's a lot of feels right there uh, in big Jeff Simmons. Yeah. Well, look, Jeffrey Simmons is a team player. He always has been, that is his team mentality. And even when he was drafted with the Tennessee Titans, the speculation of all the things that he went through at Mississippi state, he has earned the honor of being a leader on this football team. And he has earned whatever contract and whoever gives him that contract uh, this offseason. And I think 
you know, you could tell in his voice, I mean, they wanted to win. We talked last week about, you know, and that conversation was not about if the team wanted to win. Of course, the team wanted to win. That's Mike Vrabel coaching up his guys and getting an opportunity to make the playoffs and continuing on in this season that had been a rocky road starting seven and three and then ending the season 0 and seven. And I think you saw that emotion. I mean, that that tore Jeffrey Simmons up. And that was a close game. It wasn't like it was a blowout. The Titans had that game in hand for literally the majority of the game until that scoop and score fumble. And it completely switched the momentum. And then we all knew that the Titans offense didn't have enough to come back and score enough points to win the game and extend their season. So I, I that is authentic Jeff Simmons. And I do think that embodies probably the emotion of the team after that loss. That's a tough yeah. loss to swallow because you know, you're on this snowball. You're like, you're, it's just waning. It's waning, waning. It's, it's loss after loss, after loss, after loss. And then you get this one last opportunity to amend the last six losses over the last six weeks. And you fall up short after doing just about all you can do besides that fumble. And that is organic. This is why you know we cover the team and Buck Rising was was right there and we saw that video is that is real. And I you know, I you feel bad for guys like Jeff Simmons as the season comes to an end. Yeah, especially because of how the defense played. Zach, how many drives do you think the Jacksonville Jaguars offense had over 40 yards? How many drives did the Jags take over 40 yards in that game? Saturday night at home. And again, remember the Jags offense, 31 and a half points per game over the last four weeks. You know, so how many drives do you think the defense from the Titans allowed to go 40 yards or more? I mean, one or two, three, three, because one was the fumble, right? It, the first one was the fumble. The second one was a touch, the touchdown to Kirk. Then the one field goal allowed, uh, you know, in the early second half and that's it. Like, you know, so the Titans defense gave up, uh, you know, 10 real points. The The offense gave up 10 because Dobbs had the interception where the Jags started in field goal range. They went three and out, kicked a field goal. And then Josh Dobbs fumble, scoop and score gave up the other 10 points. So it's pretty incredible. That well, and a lot of a lot of people are saying, you know, the Jags had negative one yard in the fourth quarter, negative yeah. one total yard in the fourth quarter. And they were doing everything possible to win that game. The Titans had it right there in their hands, and the Jags did not play a good game. I mean, they did not. They they played more like they were playing at the beginning of the season. But fumbles. The chat got it right on our pregame show prior to the game. What is the one thing that the Titans must do to win this game? And ever the entire chat said no turnovers. That was like. I don't I, I, no turnovers, no turnovers, can't turn the football. I mean, over and over and over again. So Titans fans knew exactly what the Titans couldn't do, but they did it anyway. Yeah, and, and they lost. Yeah, and the defense won the game. The defense did not give up points that lost the Titans the game. When the defense gave up its last points, the Titans still had the lead. Well, and that <laughs> look, this is for a, a conversation at another date. That's the fundamental flaw sure. of this team. Yeah, so let's let's take it right into this. What is one word to describe the entire Titans 2022 season? 
Just one word. You know, we do the one word game all the time, every post game show, and sometimes throughout the week. But what's one word to describe this Titans 2022 season as a whole? But first, let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, you have to know who to go to, who to trust when it comes to your health to get back on track through the entire process, the diagnosis, the treatment, the recovery, all of it. And the Bone and Joint Institute can take care of you. They've taken care of me uh, before with my foot this past summer. Also, Dr. Scott Arthur, who's helped me out with my shoulder and my knee uh, with previous injuries. So they've got all the experts that can help you out right there in Franklin at the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org. A to Z Sports, we are powered by BetMGM. Tonight, college football. This is great for all BetMGM users. Make a $25 bet on the spread for tonight, and you get a $10 free bet. That's on BetMGM. Georgia currently favored by 13. So whether you like the Horned Frogs, you like the the Bulldogs to go back-to-back, BetMGM, a special offer right here on A to Z Sports College Football. Make a $25 bet on the spread for tonight's national championship game and get a $10 free bet. Boom. There it is. Download the app today. If you already have the app, make sure that you put that that, that in there. Use the promo code for new users, ATOZ Sports. All right, A to Z Sports live on this Monday. What is one word to describe the entire Titans 2022 season? Man, there are a lot of good ones. I'm scrolling to the top here uh, as we continue to go through uh, this Monday morning show to kick off the Titans offseason. I'm just going to pick a place to start. Uh, I see downing from Jay. Sad from random Anton. Uh, uh, Comeback says roller coaster. Dud from Shane. Debacle from Stefan. Vrabel from Steven. Expected from Alex. Deserved coming in from Stephen King. Jared says collapse Brock over on Twitch says gross Jason says depleted uh soul free on YouTube says heartbreaking Dylan with an ouch Titan <laughs> titanium says painful we got back-to-back downings from John and Grim Jim Valentino uh says waste Orlando says terrible uh foreshadowing says vibe runners hurt with Bama Brad Pendulum with Nav. Zach, these these might be the best collection of one words that we've had from the vocab uh, section uh, from the guys. Heartbreaking, finality, let down, exhausting, says Jason. Merciful, says Ronnie. Glass, saying Jonathan. Uh, More downings, depressing from Wilbur. Man, there's a lot of really, really, and I didn't have a chance to get to, uh, you know, a, a fifth of them. From all of you guys, I'm seeing excruciating, stressful, failure, typical, disappointing, disgusting. Zach, what's your one word? My one word embodies, and it has a lot of meanings, but it is fumbled. They fumbled the bag when they were 7-3. and three. Derrick Henry had fumbling problems. Jimmy, you're right on. I didn't, I didn't it happened see that. simultaneously. That was, yeah. that, was that, that, that is the word yeah. because it – is all encompassing. At seven and three, you sat there and you're like, man, AFC South in the bag. This is gonna be you got you got plenty of games ahead of you. You already beat the Colts twice. You got the Texans on the schedule, like all of these things. And then 
you fumbled away the AFC South and an opportunity to host another playoff game. And for the first time in a very, very long time, go back to back to back AFC South champions as your division champion. And then why did that happen? Well, that happened because of the seven game losing streak that you concluded the season on. And within that seven game losing streak, your best player, Derrick Henry, who you were riding as hard as possible because he was the only guy, the only guy that would help you win a game, and that was not enough for to let you win a game, had fumbling problems because you were asking him to do much, too much. He was, he was getting hit. He was getting turned around. He was getting tossed around. He fumbled the ball in that Jacksonville game after having an unbelievable first quarter. Fumbles, fumbles, fumbles. And then you reset week 18 in Duval County, you have the game in your hands. You're winning. You've controlled the clock. Your defense has played. Outstanding. Fumble. Season over. The Tennessee Titans 2022 season is embodied by one word. Fumbled. Yeah, it's not a bad way to go about it. You know, I think that's uh, pretty spot on. And I think Derrick Henry is the victim of, of a yes. lot of different things. Yeah. Right. I, again, I don't want anybody to think that anybody from A to Z is blank or Austin and Zach, at least. I don't know about uh, anybody else's op opinions that writes and covers the Titans for us. Uh, but I, I do I, I do think Derrick Henry is a victim of what this season turned into because of how good Derrick Henry was for the majority of it. And how much they asked him to do. Yeah. Like yeah. you, he is your best player. We all know that. But the help or lack thereof that they gave 22 is is an abomination is is embarrassing yeah. it is like if you are trailing burks and robert woods and austin hooper and on those guys and the offensive line and todd downing and ryan Tannehill and malik willis and josh dobbs and you sat there and you looked your offense in the mirror and you said man we're asking Derrick henry to do probably the most of any player that is not a quarterback in the NFL in a very, very long time. No, no doubt. No doubt, Zach. I, I mean, I'm right there with you. It's pretty uh, pretty ridiculous about how the season went. So, Zach, my one word, I thought about going avalanche because I've used it before, but I'm going to go something that I think is like more aggressive and more physically beating down than an avalanche. A rock slide. I feel like this season was a rock slide from the Titans. And it can go back, and rock slides typically start with You're like- You're going one, hyphen. No, rock slides one word. Is that one word? Yeah, rock slides I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think about rock slides that often. Well, I mean, I, I think, yeah, rock slides definitely one word. But anyway, rock slides usually begin with a little pebble. <laughs> just a little pebble breaking free. And then what happens? It just, everything just starts one by one tumbling down the hill and then just beating up and destroying everything in its path. And I think a rock slide is exactly uh, what this season was because I don't know what the first pebble was. Maybe the first pebble was Randy Bullock's field goal going wide in week one to lose to the giants. Maybe, but even then the Titans are survived that because they got to seven and three. So maybe the first Todd Downing's DUI was bigger than a pebble. I think we all know that. But all of a sudden, you couldn't stop anything. And as soon as one boulder went down, the second boulder uh, got knocked out of place because of the first boulder, then it was unstoppable. 
And the Titans' rock slide began with injuries, with bad decisions on the roster, guys who were making mistakes, mental and physical mistakes, players who couldn't play because they were in there uh, because of other injured players that were lesser. This this season was a flat-out rock slide. And anybody who stands underneath the rock slide really doesn't survive because you're going to get beat down with, with boulders falling down a hill. So rock slide is my one word, Zach. So as we were talking about before, W. Callanan says, Henry had over 1,900 yards. Guys, this is wild. From scrimmage. Didn't play all of the games, right? Because he didn't play against the Cowboys. He said, Henry had over 1,900 all-purpose yards, and it wasn't enough. That's outrageous, embarrassing. This new GM has his work cut out for him. This roster, poo emoji. I do think that the general manager has his work cut out for him, but any new general manager usually has his work cut out for him, right? Because he's going in to a position of of him trying to fix him or her, yeah. trying to yeah. fix something, right? The so position's like, open for a reason, right? Yeah, that, that's understood. <laughs> but that 1,900 all-purpose yards is, I think – is eye-opening. Which is uh, Derrick Henry's second highest in his career behind his 2,000-yard rushing season when he didn't have that many uh, receiving yards. You know, this this past year, Derrick Henry had the most amount of receiving yards in his career in a season with 379. Because they didn't uh, pass anybody. Everybody else was trash. Yeah. I mean, Derrick... We'll have a lot more time to talk yeah. about this, but Austin, I am super disappointed in Robert Woods. Like that guy with the amount of money that he made playing all the games, uh, Robert Woods was not hurt at all during the Mm. season, right? Like he was healthy and he was healthily bad. Like to make $10 million, Bobby trees, Bobby, please Bobby weeds, all of those. I, that is, I think you paid all that money and traded to go get Robert Woods and he was awful. Rock, Traylon Burks was a first-round pick rookie who'd never played NFL football. Austin Hooper was coming off of getting cut because he wasn't worth the contract. Chig was a rookie. NWI is a fourth wide receiver. That's what he is. He always has been. He always will be. Whatever role that they've asked him to play, that is what NWI is. But Robert Woods was a true number two. And I will go to W. Cowan's back to his because that last emoji is exactly what Robert Woods was all year. Embarrassing. And so I, I think you look at this offense and why Derrick Henry had to have 1900 all purpose yards, why he had to catch the ball as much as he did out of the backfield. And Austin, he dropped a lot of passes, right? Because he had to work on his hands because that's not his best attribute. His best attribute is having the ball in his hands with his other hand, stiff arming fools, to the ground but Robert Woods I do think bears a lot of criticism in this offseason I don't know what's going to happen to him to be paid as much as he was and for the lack of production production and Timothy I I may be with you NWI I was giving him grace to say he's a number four well, he ended up... Uh, and B- Bobby Thieves, Jimmy, him and I are on the same page today. Jimmy and I, I see you. Bobby Thieves, because I, that's I called him a bank robber for all the money that he, he basically yeah. took this season and was paid for lack of production. Bobby Thieves 
is exactly what Bobby Trees was. Yeah, I'm going to go through some of the offensive production here uh, for a second and, and just kind of diagnose because the commenter brought up the Derrick Henry 1,900 yards from scrimmage. And now, Zach, you've kind of opened a little bit of the Robert Woods thing. We've got a lot of topics we'll discuss, but I'm just going to go through some of the season stats that stand out from this Titan season. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. And Vibrunner, you're right. I was pumped up when Bobby Trees talked at the podium in that black turtleneck to say, I'm now a Tennessee Titan. I wanted to be a Tennessee Titan. And I was like, wow, this guy, he really can help. Now, at the time, A.J. Brown was still on the roster. Yeah, very different. Yeah, Everything changed there. But that gave, that gave Robert Woods more opportunity. And he still didn't do anything with it. So I will talk, talk about Farmborough Health Plans. FBHP.com slash A to Z is where you go. I changed my health plan last year in 2022, and I carried over my health plan in 2023 because it helped me as much as it did. Plan on Farmborough Health Plans of Tennessee for health, dental, and vision. 200-plus locations across the state of Tennessee. Farmborough Health Plans of Tennessee is very easy. All you have to do is call or go online and get a quote. And to get a quote, you take a quick health assessment, and then you realize that this health plan – can truly help you and or your family. They've got plenty of plans. So visit fbhp.com slash A to Z and switch your health plan today. Also, don't forget the BetMGM app, new and existing users. You can take advantage of this opportunity tonight with the college football final. Uh, that's tonight. It starts late, but you know what? Uh, stay up late for one last college football game. And if you just bet, a $25 uh, bet against the spread in tonight's college football final, you get a $10 free bet automatically, regardless, win or lose. And so I'm looking at doing that. I don't know what my spread bet's going to be. Uh, Georgia minus 13, it's a big number. Georgia minus 7.5 in the first half is kind of an odd number. And Georgia minus 3.5 in the first quarter, obviously that hook is there for a reason. So, uh, But with BetMGM, new and existing users, all you got to do is place a $25 spread bet on the college football final tonight, and you get a $10 free bet instantly either way. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only. All promotions are subject to qualification eligible requirements. Wars issue with knowledgeable free bets or side credit. Free bets expire in seven days. And for probably game of sport called Tennessee Redline, 800-889-9789. Uh, Zach, we had a comment or bring up the fact that Derrick Henry – uh, had 1,900 yards from scrimmage, which is the second most in his career, uh, dating back to that 2020 season where he ran for over uh, 2,000. So, but Derrick Henry finishes the year with 1,538 yards and 13 touchdowns on the ground, receiving Derrick Henry had 398 yards on 33 catches. That's by far his career high in both categories there. Robert Woods only had 20 more receptions than Derrick Henry. There is only one oh other. <laughs> Robert Woods finished the season with 53 catches, but get this, Zach. I'm going to ask, how many targets do you think Robert Woods had? I have no clue. He had 53 catches, targets. You know, he played all 17 games, and that can't be said uh, for actually, A lot of you people. know. Well, you know what? Um, honestly, Traylon Burks is really the only guy who got hurt in the when it when it came to the main pass catching options. Traylon Burks played in eleven. Woods, Chig, Hooper, NWI, and Jeff Swaim ugh, all played seventeen games. 
so you know, how many targets do you think Robert Woods ended the season with? On with 53 catches. Again, 53 catches. How many targets? 80. 91. Oh my God. Robert Woods, for a guy, he had he should have had 80. That should have been the percentage, but 91? Robert Woods had a 58% completion percentage. So let me just say that's okay if it's Traylon Burks because Traylon Burks is running go routes. Robert Woods averaged under 10 yards a catch and still just had a 58 completion percentage. <laughs> it's not good. There's bad drops. There's slips on routes. It's just not what you well, need from a wide receiver. And you know what? Who, who traded for him? John Robinson. But again, like, that wasn't a, but that wasn't a bad trade. Like, Robert Woods was on a bad trade. But no, no, no. You you assess you assess what it is though. Now that we know, right? Like, yeah. But at the time, at the, again, at the time, the Titans gave up like a sixth round pick for Robert Woods when AJ Brown was still here. Like that's like I, I do find it difficult to analyze things with that much retrospect. Like Robert Woods was bad. We can say that Robert Woods was underwhelming. We can say all these things about the negativity well, of disastrous. the result. Let's go further. That's fine. But again, like the trade, when when we when the trade happened and we looked at what was given up, it was okay. Right, but the body of work, right? John Robinson was fired on the body of work, and that was that's a fine. part of it. It that's wasn't okay. a big, it wasn't a big piece of the pie. But the, I don't think the Robert Woods trade was really. But any- it's another. No, it's just another thing. It's another thing. Like uh, and kick it to King Productions brings up the Bud Dupree. He, he compares the Bud Dupree signing to Chandler Parsons, which you talk about Bobby. Thieves. Now that's a that's a good analogy. Yeah, uh, Chandler Parsons. Oh my gosh, Memphis paid him. Do you even want to know? I mean, basketball money and football money. No, I, I know, I know, I know. Language, but but Memphis on a three-year deal paid him 22 million, 23 million, and 24 million in three years. Oh my god. Oh my god. And then the Hawks went and paid him 25 million. It must have been a trade. I think it it's have, the same contract, right? Oh my gosh. Now, Bud Dupree, he signed an $80 million contract, right? And he has been hurt in and out the entire time. You have not, the value of what that contract was, which Austin, it was kind of like, I looked at the Bud Dupree signing because it was a free agent, right? It wasn't homegrown. It wasn't the same as Harold Landry. You didn't fully know what you were going to get. Harold Landry had set a bar of what he is as a Tennessee Titan. Mm-hmm. Bud Dupree, I always compare it to like Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler was never going to live up to that $60 million corner contract coming in for the Patriots. But- Bud Dupree was never going to live up to the $80 million, but through two years, it has been, again, theme of the show, disastrous. But when the Titans signed both Bud Dupree and Malcolm Butler, they were desperate at that position and yes. needed a veteran to come in and do it. And no, so, Dom, correct. real quick, we were not we're not comparing Robert Woods to Chandler Parsons. We're talking about Bud Dupree and Chandler Parsons. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. The comments said something. Yeah, but to get back on the Robert Woods thing, I, I I think we can. I think us as you know developed humans can separate the analysis on the Robert Woods trade and the lack of production throughout the season. The trade wasn't a terrible move 
considering the circumstances and the time we were in when the trade was made by John Robinson and the Titans. I the results did not work, but that doesn't make the trade a terrible trade because you have to remember the Titans didn't give up much in the trade. They still had AJ Brown when the trade was made and the plans were to continue to have AJ Brown. And so I, I do think, I do think that Robert Woods with AJ Brown would have worked out totally fine. Now, Robert Woods didn't have a ceiling of that, that high, but I still think my problem was that Robert Woods in the way he played, like, he was supposed to be the reliable third down good route runner that could catch the ball with his hands, move upfield at times, but move the sticks. And he literally was the opposite of that. An unreliable wide receiver that had massive drops multiple times. He played, but he didn't play well. Yeah. yeah. So like, when when you expect somebody to be something and they are the opposite of that, I think that's my that's where I struggle. No, again, Robert Woods' performance was underwhelming to say the absolute. It was disastrous. This, yeah. Okay. But like, again, let's my, not just say underwhelming because he was opposite of what he was expected to be. So let's not let's not again, be nice. Have, where this is not playing nice. Not being game. nice, Zach. I, well, I underwhelming I, is not a. Uh, I, what did I, I I said underwhelming to say the absolute least. Well, let's not said. say the least. Let's call it what it is. Uh, okay, we're just having a conversation. Dude. I, so, but I'm but I'm being we're being authentic and being real. I know, but as we diagnose my, players that played in the and Robert Woods season. was a Robert Woods was a failure this season. But that doesn't make the trade bad. There you the go. Uh, failure I can deal with. Underwhelming I think is too nice. But again, do, do you like the trade was a solid trade for what the Titans did at the time because the contract the Titans absorbed from the Rams was also not that ridiculous. Right, but you are also judged on how the trade works out, just like you are judged based on how Bud Dupree works out. You like it's not I'm not sitting here and judging completely on that, yeah. but results just because you're given a job or you make a move doesn't mean that it is the right move you find that out afterwards fair fair yeah yeah but again i still i i don't think that's all look, i'm saying though is yeah you i now I know, know but, more but here's to, what i'm saying to judge to truly judge the trade but here's what I'm saying is I agree with Zoe saying Woods isn't the reason the Titans win seven to 10. No, but he's also the reason why the Titans punted a lot more often than they should have because he dropped key passes. It didn't, and he dropped passes from Tannehill from Dobbs and from Malik Willis. Like Robert Woods was not good for any of the quarterbacks that good enough for any of the quarterbacks who he played for. And the reason why we're talking about this is because we were brought up the lack of help that, and the pressure that was put on Derrick Henry. So we're just diagnosing of yeah. like, who's the next guy that should have helped Derrick Henry the most yeah. besides the quarterback? Well, and Zach, here's the, here, I'm just going to make things sound even worse. And then we're going to try to flip it to somewhat positive. Uh, if we can do our best shot at that, there are only two Titans players who had more receptions this season than Derrick Henry had. <laughs> Robert Woods and Austin Hooper. Only two Titans players had more receptions than Derrick Henry. Henry had 33, Woods had 53 that I mentioned, Hooper had 41, and Traylon Burks tied Derrick Henry with 33 catches in 11 games. The fact that Chigakonkwo 
only had 32 catches in all 17 games this season is also malpractice. Malpractice. A fireable offense. Yes, fireable, malpractice, all of it. Uh, And thank God that Jeff Swain stopped getting targeted like he was. Uh, The rate, like Jeff Swain actually played in more games than he had targets because he had 17 games and 16 targets. But man, those targets were weighted heavily in the first few weeks of the season. So um, I did want to get to that. But that is a, as Matthew said, a very sad stat. Sad, sad stat that only two Titans players had more receptions than Derrick Henry. Last thing, I don't think we're to this point yet, but some lunchbox money from John saying Derrick Henry is the Barry Sanders of our generation. His talents are being wasted in Tennessee. He needs help this offseason. I I agree with the last statement, but we're not to that point. But John has something going for him. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry. It is trending towards that that feel. Derrick Henry's accomplished way more as Derrick Henry's teams have accomplished way more than what Barry Sanders was able to accomplish with the lions. Correct. But he said trending, like basically thought of in a similar light, not the same light, but a similar light. Yeah. All right, Zach, let's get to this uh, topic here on the show. We're going to try to do our best at this, but what was the best thing that happened to the Titans this season? It's a pretty simple question. What was the best thing that happened to the Titans this season. But first, let me tell you guys about Hughes and Coleman. They are the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans. And if you get injured in a car wreck, unfortunately, you need to know where to go and and who can go fight against the insurance company for you. And that is Hughes and Coleman injury lawyers. They have recovered over $1 billion for their clients across the state of Tennessee and in Kentucky for over 30 years. And so if you get hurt and injured in a car accident, that sucks. I hope that happens to nobody, but Hughes and Coleman is there for you. And they will give you a free case consultation when you call their number at 800-800-4600. That's Hughes and Coleman injury lawyers at 800-800-4600 for a free case consultation, principal office in Nashville, Tennessee. It is eSports. We're powered by BetMGM. Download the app today. That's BetMGM. Tonight, college football final. Make a $25 bet on the spread tonight. Get a $10 free bet right there at BetMGM. Download the app today. If you're a new user, use the promo code ATOZ Sports in the promo code tab. That's all one word. They are the king of the sports book. Download the app today and watch tonight's game. That's BetMGM. All right, so uh, the question, what's the best thing that happened to the Titans this season? I don't, I don't, I have no idea what to expect from the chat. <laughs> so, Zach, do you want to go to the chat and see what they're saying? Yeah, I think two things, and I think we're going to get one. I'm curious if we're going to get the other. But, uh, you know, Mr. Jones says Dobbs looked better than Trevor Lawrence, which at, in that juncture, yes. But Dobbs, unfortunately, made the mistake. It wasn't completely his fault. It was the blind side of what the offensive line oh, was. Real quick, real quick. There is an article that is in the works right now that should be uh, published at a to z sports.com that breaks down the malfunction in the Titans offense for that particular play that led to the game-winning fumble touchdown for the Jacks. So a Hall of Fame quarterback broke it down on where the Titans offense messed up and, it, and it's, there's a lot of guys to blame. Josh Dobbs is probably the very last person to blame for what, what for that play. But that article will be published 
uh, here. If it's not already, it should be up pretty soon at azsports.com. So best thing that happened, Jared says, Chig, uh, uh, bald heads are fire says firing John Robinson, uh, Chig from blank. So as Andrew and soul feel emergence of Chig, Chiggy from Steven, uh, rookie development from how not to top 11 pick from Donald, the Rooks from Steven, uh, J-Rob being gone, J-Rob being fired, firing the general manager. Billy says, I got nothing. Uh, Ryan Stonehouse, which that's who I was waiting on. My, yeah. my two that I thought were going to be said is is Chig and Stonehouse. And then the firing of John Robinson, obviously, is, yeah. is very impactful. So on Stonehouse, because uh, I, I did see this officially from Jim Wyatt um, yesterday, that Ryan Stonehouse finished the season with a gross punting average of 53.1% yards per punt that breaks Sammy Baugh's single season NFL record that was set in 1940. So Ryan Stonehouse broke an 80 year old record uh, in the NFL by breaking and not just breaking it. He shattered it. Ryan Stonehouse broke that record by over a yard and a half per punt average, which that is a, that's a big difference. A yard and a half per punt average for a season is a is a is a big deal. Well, we talked about that when they were deciding between Stonehouse or Kern. You remember that, right? Yeah, they yeah. made the right decision. And they are now vindicated because of that. Because look, it's not easy to move away from Kern, but that was the right decision and they had to make that. That was a good decision by John Robinson and Mike Vrabel. Uh DUI saying uh from the Lord right there on YouTube, Stonehouse from Jody uh, the end, that was the best thing from Tim. Uh, Chig from Astro, a couple of Stonehouses coming in from Bradley and DJ. Chig from Sean, a Conquo from, from Tony drafting Chig. Chig, uh, a fourth round Jim firing John Robinson. So, really, you're know, not making the playoffs. So, really, I mean, there's just a handful of answers when you, when, when we see this. I did see a Tier Tart somewhere in there. Um, and, and Noah gives some lunchbox money and says Burks showed when healthy, he has a high ceiling. Rashad Weaver showed he isn't much worse than Bud Dupree and Chig showing that he might already be a top tight end. There's some good comments. So after hearing the chat, Austin, what was the best thing about the Tennessee Titans in 2022? I, I honestly think it's the fact that they fired John Robinson and they have an opportunity for a reset button. I, I just, you know, we, we already knew going into this 2022 season, we knew that big decisions were ahead in this upcoming spring. And it just got even more magnified with the firing of John Robinson, because now it is a fresh start from the, from one of the key decision-making positions on the football side of the Tennessee Titans organization and I think overall, as much as I like John Robinson, as much as I appreciate what J-Rob did for A to Z, and as well as I think he did his job for the first five or six years of being the Titans GM, it was the right move. I was shocked by it. But I do think that's the best thing that happened this year overall. Because not a lot of good things happened for the Titans. And, and you just have to be true. Even when they were 7-3, and three, there were a lot of things that were really tough. And injuries were stacking up. Tannehill was still beat up. The defense was being duct taped together. The offensive line was still bad when they were seven and three. 
But the best thing that happened is an opportunity for a fresh start with a new GM to say, what's the next step and how do you get there as an organization overall? Yeah, I can't say that it was the best. I do think that what you said is the most impactful. So I have to answer the question in a different way. I don't think that you're sitting here saying that's the best thing that happened to them because I didn't expect John Robinson to be fired. It surprised me when he was fired. It is the most impactful thing that happened in the 2022 season because of all the things that you said. But I don't think that it is the best thing that happened in the 2022 season. I think that the best thing is Chig. I think he is a piece, a young tight end. He can evolve into something with a better offensive coordinator, a best, better offensive philosophy, maybe a better quarterback and a, a better scheme. He could be something very, very big for to to. You're just looking for place to things to build upon. And the best, when I hear best, that word, Chig comes to mind. And I think that's why the chat went that direction. And I'm going to go that direction as well. Yeah. Chig Conquo was really, really good. It's unfortunate that he didn't have the management around him to put him in more positions to thrive and impact this football team. Instead, they were throwing screens to Jeff Swaim, which is, I mean, that's malpractice in my, my Man, opinion. We use the word malpractice multiple times now. Both of us have. Well, and I think that obviously centers around one person calling those plays that yeah. we'll talk about at length this week. But Chig, that that is the best thing that you can look at at this season. You look, uh, you know, Harold Landry and Bud Dupree going down, and and there was Kevin Byard played well for a couple of games that tried to like give this team a spark. David Long Jr. going out was detrimental oh. to the middle of the defense. Caleb Farley is, uh, I mean. He's terrible. He's not good. He well, And he has his own problems with injury, and he's turning out to be another first-round bust under John Robinson's watch, who's no longer rocking the watch. Yeah, well, how about how about this? This is another really good thing that sightseeing on YouTube brings up. Henry putting up almost 2,000 yards from scrimmage after having the broken bone and been being written off by the media was pretty great, too. Now, let's let's go think about the other guy that the media fell in love with Zach. Remember that? Remember Derek Henry was, he, he broke his foot. Uh, it was because the Titans overused him. Derek Henry's never going to be the same. He's basically done as being an elite running back in the NFL. And Jonathan Taylor is the next best thing. Jonathan Taylor is going to lead the NFL in rushing. He's the next great. He's going to surpass Derek Henry. Well, Jonathan Taylor broke down. Jonathan Taylor ran for 1,800 yards last season in his second NFL year and had a great year. 2021 was a great year for Jonathan Taylor, but he showed that his body couldn't hold up because he only played in 11 games this year and ran for 861. And so I I think that's another good thing from sightseeing is that noticing that Derrick Henry is still that dude. And the fact that Derrick Henry can come back from that injury and watching Jonathan Taylor go down and struggle with his body being able to stay healthy just adds more to how impressive Derrick Henry really is. Yeah, and you know, we talked about the fumbling issue early on and we I think we understand it. It doesn't we're not it's not justified. No. It's not sitting here overlooking to say that Derrick Henry's fumbling issue was not I mean, cuz he fumbled in that Jags game, you know? 
Yeah, it but was it on a play that didn't count. Yeah, it didn't it count. Went, one, it went out of bounds. And then two, it got called back for a hole. But it, but we were just looking for the issue, right? That's yeah. all we were it doing to up. look for. Yes. But again, the pressure put on Derrick Henry and the the torch that he had to carry because nobody else could could handle it or was available. And then there's so many storylines in this season. One, and you know, we're we're almost 50 minutes into the show, and we got a lot to talk about as we kind of reset for the season, but. You talk about impactful, you know, Ryan Tannehill's injury, who we, you know, the Titans didn't have to deal with Ryan Tannehill's injury since he became a Titan. That was a huge catalyst this season on, I think, the ultimate end result and why Derrick Henry had to put as much pressure on 22, on, on, on himself and the team. So there's so many different layers to this season. But Austin, you can't lose seven games in a row to end the season after you're seven and three. That tells me that something happened, right? Something happened. Whether it was management, whether it was injury, whether it was coaching, whether it was a firing from the top, players, uh, scheme, all of these, something happened. You don't go seven and three and then go 0 and seven. Yeah, well, and I'm looking because in previous shows we have mentioned that the last team that was seven and three and missed the playoffs were the Baltimore Ravens from just one season ago, and the the same thing happened. Lamar Jackson got hurt, missed the final six games of the year. The Ravens lost their last six and sat at home in January during the playoffs. Ryan Tannehill gets hurt. Now he played s- several of those uh, games where they lost seven in a row, but you know the Ravens lost Lamar Jackson again. Lamar Jackson missed for the second season in a row the last six games of the year, but the Ravens found out how to win three of those. Now, they played the Broncos, who were terrible, won 10-9, to played the Steelers early enough, won that 16-14, to and played the Falcons, who were terrible, and won that 17-9. to So they won it by defense. And so even though they still made the playoffs and maybe Lamar has a chance to come back, you the Titans' defense was also too banged up this year to overcome that. And I think we know by Jeffrey Simmons saying after that game that he shot up his ankle every week that he played since week eight. That's a long time to be manufacturing your ankle to go play a very physical game when you weigh 300 pounds. And Jeffrey Simmons did that to keep the season alive. And and I think guys like Jeffrey Simmons who fought that hard to play through the season deserve a lot of credit. Uh, But the Titans just could not overcome the magnitude of injuries. One last thing is we put a bow on the best thing. Here's another silver lining. As I said, look, the 11th pick is a lot better than the 20th pick, right? But here's the other... I think impactful thing of the Jags beating the Titans in week 18 and making the playoffs looking towards the future next year, the Jags are going to have to play the bills, the chiefs and the 49ers. The Titans get the benefit of playing the second place teams, which are the chargers, the Seahawks and the dolphins. That 
you, you, the strength of schedule, and mm-hmm. it's hard to predict NFL strengths of schedule, right? Because not every team is the same year over year. The Lions improved vastly from being the second worst team to now being on the cusp of the playoffs, right? The the Seahawks made the playoffs without Russell Wilson. No, like nobody thought that the Broncos were disastrous. Nobody thought that they were going to be as bad and fire their coach after one year. That, I think, is very, very impactful next year on whatever the Titans end up going into the season with, playing those three teams instead of, you know, perennial powers. The Bills, the Chiefs, and the 49ers are all really good. They're all going to be really good next year. And Jacksonville is now going to have to play all three of them. Is there another, is there just the three second place teams or are there four? Uh, I believe that there's three because then you have two AFC South teams that you play. There's six, right? Yeah. And you get an 18th game, which I think is 17th decide or yeah, uh, yeah. 18th week, 17th so game. Next season. And then you have the division. So next season, Titans play the AFC North, right? And they play the uh, NFC South. The NFC South is probably a good division to play next year. Uh, and then, so yeah, you're right. So the other, uh, games on the schedule. The second place team from the AFC East, the Miami Dolphins, you go to Miami. Then the second place team from the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks come to Nashville. The second place team from the uh, from the AFC West, the LA Chargers come to Nashville. So, I mean, just breaking it down real quick, that's a pretty good travel schedule. Yeah. That's why I said the best thing to wrap a bow on what the best thing is is looking to the future, is when you don't win the division, the NFL rewards you, right? Like, doesn't reward you in a playoff berth all the time because the Titans Mm -hmm. are sitting at home. But whoever's going to be, I mean, you look at potential free agents looking at the Titans' schedule and their division, maybe that's luring for, you know, Maybe a veteran quarterback that had played his last game last night. Who knows? Oh, oh, oh. easy there. We got a, we got three months. Uh, and also, how about this, Zach? Just a quick, uh, quick analysis by me. The longest flight the Titans are currently scheduled to make next season is to Houston. <laughs> now, there's an option that they could play in London. The Titans would be eligible for a game in London. Now, why the probably that's going to happen because the amount of London games are just stacking up, stacking up. Yeah. So again, minus potential London, the the furthest flight the Titans would have to take next season is to Houston. And MB, this is why I said what I said last week. And I asked you, do you think that the Titans can win the Super Bowl? And you said no. I said no. That's why you you don't want them to make the playoffs. They were 0 9 versus the current playoff teams. 0-9. 0-9. They weren't going to win. And, and that allowed, and, and that 0-9 record versus good teams allowed the Titans to creep up in the draft order. Yeah, because they were above. Now, as far as seven win teams, they were behind Atlanta, Carolina, and New Orleans, who actually, the Eagles, uh, <laughs> the Eagles actually the have Eagle, their right? pick. Yeah. But because they were 0-9, you're right, Austin, they jumped Cleveland and the Jets. Um, to be the 11th team to to pick in the NFL draft. A couple of lunchbox money before we get to our, our final segment. Uh, Calden with some more money says, we need to steal the third or fourth year wide receiver like the Eagles did to us. T. Higgins, Tannehill with a pay cut, offensive line at 11. 
DB wide receiver early second. So look, he's he's setting out a roadmap right there. Hey, hey, just, hey tell tell our guy right there to uh, follow the uh, Charles Barnes and just write a thirty thousand word document about the offense and plan uh, because that's what Charles Barnes wanted Zach and I to do. Yeah, uh, John says you can win a butt kicking contest when you don't have legs. Lieutenant Jan, that's the Titan season summed up. <laughs> uh, pretty good. So you know, I you look at that. The Titans salary cap situation is also a situation. You're not sitting yep. there. They're not the Chicago Bears or the, the Falcons, a team just like ripe with money. <clears throat> they got issues. Now yeah. they've got they got players that they will cut to alleviate <clears throat> some of those, but they, this is gonna be a, a puzzle, whoever is hired as general manager. Yeah. Uh can I take a quick second to shout somebody out? Because shout out and good for Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith knew the Texans were going to fire him. <laughs> Lovey Smith knew he would be the second first year coach to be fired after one year by that organization after that game. Good for Lovey Smith to go get that win and cost that franchise the first overall pick. So good on Lovey Smith. Because if you know, that franchise is going to do you dirty and just use you for a year to suck and to fire you after that. Good for Lovey Smith. Show the Texans how bad they are. Go beat the Colts in a game that costs you the quarterback of your future. Of your dreams. Of their dreams and pee all over it. Good for Lovey Smith for pissing in the Texans cereal on his way out. I appreciate that because the Texans did him and David Cully dirty two years in a row and go hire Josh McCown all you want Texans and see how that's going to work out for you. If that's what you want to do, but good job for Lovey Smith saying, screw the Texans and going to win a game and also won me some money on BetMGM Cause I had, I had the Texans lose the first overall pick parlay and I, and it hit Vikings to beat the, the bears. Texans to beat uh, the Colts money in my pocket right there on BetMGM. That was a fun parlay. Yeah. I was watching that game live and I was, you know, it's kind of the same thing of like, what are you guys doing? Why? What are you doing? But then what you just said, if Lovey Smith knew that he was going to get fired, screw you. Davis Mills. I don't want a Heisman trophy quarterback coming into this room. I'm fighting for my life. I'm fighting for my job. I'm fighting for my career and my family. I'm going to go out and, and he had some, Really good downfield throws. Now, there was some bad defense by the Indianapolis Colts late in that game. But he Davis Mills has some good throws, and so that's why they were fighting. Brandon Cooks wanted to sock it to the Texans because they wouldn't trade his ass earlier yeah. on in the season, right? So, like, to be as vindictive as possible, I just say, okay, you want to mess with us? We're going to mess with you. <laughs> And the Bears are sitting there like, come on. Oh, man. That just put, uh, I just love it. Now, I would just love if the Texans felt the need to go trade up to get the number one overall pick because Lovey Smith screwed him over. That was great. All right. Uh, so, that, look, there's a ton of great topics. Honestly, guys, I am beyond fired up for this offseason. Zach, you know me. We've been working together for 10 years. I am an NFL offseason junkie. This is I sometimes love the offseason more than the actual season itself. But let's go ahead and wrap up this Monday show with our Ask Me Anything topic with Zach. Tell everybody where they got to get their new ride. 
Yeah, that's right there at Wilson County Hyundai. Quick trip down I-40 exit 236. That's wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Look at their inventory. Check it out. They've got the perfect make and model for you. You just got to go find it. It could be the full-size SUV when it comes to the Palisade. It could could come with the Sonata, which is a four-door sedan. They've got the Elantra, the Tucson, the Santa Fe. They've got you covered when it comes to finding your perfect car or SUV that's wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Also, once again, check out the BetMGM app. If you haven't done it yet, download the app. Use our code ATOZ Sports. If you are an existing user of BetMGM, make sure you put a $25 bet down on tonight's spread for the college football final, and you'll automatically get a $10 free bet. It's a great way to do it. Why not? I mean, it's going to be an interesting game tonight. The spread makes things very interesting as Georgia is minus 13 at BetMGM right now. It's minus seven and a half dogs uh, for the first half and minus three and a half for that first quarter. If you like, if you like the frogs, then maybe you get a good shot at either one of those spreads the other way, but a $25 bet on the spread tonight in college college football's final gets you a $10 free bet, Zach, at the BetMGM app. Hit me with that Monday Ask Me Anything. I'm curious. You're going to use a couple of the, the ones we saved from last week? Yeah. Do you have the need for speed? So uh, this was mind-blowing to me last week. If you watch the show, Austin, it got brought up because of uh, a present that he's going to be able to drive a race car by himself Yep. And go the fastest in a vehicle that he's ever gone. I said, you know, and we found out that he has never driven over 100 miles per hour. So have you ever driven over 100 miles per hour? Over or under? That's what I want to know. Over or under in the chat? That's the ask me anything. Over or under 100 miles per hour, which I just... I just find wild. You, you know, you're you're 30 plus years old. You've driven for quite a bit of time. I've driven for half my life. I'm 32. So, it, yeah, I've been driven for 16 years. I don't know. How many unders do you think we're going to get real quick? Probably not many. Like, give me a number. Percentage? No, just a number. I don't even think we need to go percentage. I just think you can go. A percentage of unders? No, just how many unders do you think we're going to have in the chat? I mean... Probably a dozen. I mean, there's a lot of people Ooh. watching right now. A lot of people. I mean, there's a lot I know, of people. I know. Coming. I don't think we're going to get a dozen. So I, I think we will. Let's uh, let's go through over this. under 100 miles per hour. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to name the names. All of these names are overs. Okay. okay. Steven, Jarrell, Mister, Clayton, Jared, Jay. Uh, Dylan has a joke for Todd Downing for that. Over from Patrick. Which I don't think Todd technically was not clocked at at uh, over 100. Uh, Blake. Yes, Gary, yes. Over, Jacob. On 20 from Mr. Over. All right, we got our first under. Corey is an under. One. I'll count the unders. Jason is an under. Over. 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 Over, allegedly. Brent is an under. <laughs> Three unders. Um, over. Sean, over. Over. Karen, under. Four. Uncle Joe, under. Five. Dom, under. Six. Pastor Raymond, under. David Brown, Seven. under. Ocho. Ricky, under. Nueve. And that's kind of where we are. Ooh, we're at nine. 
so you were closer. I, I mean, that, that I thought it would have been less. If you gave me over under of nine, I would have gone under. Ted's, so, Ted says under, so there's 10. Uh, and then we got another one with uh, Vias with So that, that would be 11. And then there's Ked's uh, to, to get us at 11. I just think that that's wild that you've never gone to 100 miles an hour. I've had no reason to go over 100. Like, why? I mean, On the I'm, interstate when nobody's there and you're just cruising. And I know you haven't done this, but if you've ever driven out on the West side never, of the United States and you're driving, you know, I drove from Denver to Vegas one time. Yeah. That makes sense. You're going 120. But I, I've never, matter. I've never driven that route. No, I, I know. I know. Yeah. That's why I preface that. But still, I just, I find that wild. Well, that streak will end, right? Yes. Because at some point this year, I will drive a race car at Nashville super speedway. And then you'll go hot, fi- faster than I've ever gone, which I hope, I hope what, I have well, to take my, my class to get like to where they can judge how fast they will allow me to go. How much, I mean, how fast, I don't know. That's a question you can't answer. So we'll I, find I that out as we go. Yeah. I, I just, and you know, I have a car that can do it. Like, it's not like, you know, most vehicles that anybody drives can do that. And look, I, full disclosure, we, and I want to say this, we are not condoning no, going 100 miles per hour. Yeah. It is not something, it's not cool. It's not rad. It's not hip. Don't do it. Okay. Uh, we're not condone that. We just had asked if you had ever done it. So I do want to be very clear and poignant on that yeah. point. Cause I don't want to hear or read any dumb articles about a car crash of a listener because they want to go hundred miles per hour. So that's a direct order. <laughs> Here yeah. from A to Z Sports, so I right. tell you that. Yeah, again, I've never done it. The fast, I mean, I have uh, been ticketed at ninety, and again, that was in rural Alabama when I was going to the beach and nobody was near me, and I didn't even realize I was going ninety. And you know, and so the other question is the stick shift question, which we'll push to next week. That's fine. Of if you know how to do that, so there you go. Majority yeah, no. overs, Polly we- D. Don't you do it? Polly says I'm going to try it today. No, yeah. Polly D. Don't do. Don't you do it? Yeah, there's no reason to go over 100. I just haven't done it. I, I'm excited, though, about my uh, race car driving experience that I'll have at some point this year. But that'll wrap us up for this Monday. Uh, look, the offseason is just getting started. There's a lot of conversations to be had. Uh, and locker room cleanout day is one hour from now. So Sam Phelan will be in the locker room for A to Z Sports, getting a ton of con- content as well. Mike Vrabel talks at 1130. All of that will be posted to our YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe and like this show before you go. If you haven't done it yet, like the show before you head out of here uh, as well. That'll help us out and make sure you subscribe because we'll have tons of Titans locker room clean out day content up later on throughout the day and Buck rising live tonight, reacting to everything that happens. Plus Mike Vrabel's end of year press conference with A to Z Sports Primetime at 8 p.m. Central. And we will be back tomorrow morning. We'll see who wins the college football national title, but we'll talk more Titans at 8 a.m. Tuesday. Have a great rest of your Monday. See you later. Adios.